Merry Christmas, Christ Chapel, and welcome to what we hope is the least stressful hour of your Christmas holiday. Christmas can be an incredibly stressful time, and so we hope this is stress-free because during Christmas time, things can get crazy. Christmas, obviously being right here at the end of the year, many of you are trying to close out the end of the year with your businesses, or you have these accelerated deadlines at work, you have these Christmas parties that you're trying to go to or, or put on, and, and it can just get pretty uh, crazy. Oh yeah, not to mention that you need to navigate all of these pandemic uh, protocols that are going on, and it can just get really hairy. And, and I even, haven't even told you about the most stressful part of the Christmas holidays for me, and that is gift giving. I am a terrible gift giver. I'm a great gift receiver, but I'm a terrible gift giver. And the way that I know that is I know some great gift givers. They are incredibly uh, thoughtful. They know exactly uh, what to give that, that is going to be meaningful and it's going to last, but that is just not me. I, I'm just not a great gift. And, and hey, there's even more pressure this year to give great gifts because people have everything. Because while they were working from home, I think they were shopping from home a lot. This online shopping deal. So hey, you are already snookered. You're in a corner. You've got the pressures on to give a great gift. But I'll tell you, statistics are not in the gift giver's favor. See, statistics tell us that half of you will receive a gift this Christmas that you don't want. Half of you. You're going to get something that you're like, eh, no thanks. And you're going to either re-gift or throw away. To the tune of 13 billion, with a B, dollars worth of merchandise that will be re-gifted or trashed because somebody doesn't want it. And that can be really discouraging for a gift giver. So I know how smart you are. You say, Cody, I, I'm, I'm going to outsmart the system and I'm just going to give away gift cards. Half of you statistically will buy someone a gift card this Christmas. And that is better. Uh, statistics tell us that only about 3% of a gift card will go unused or unredeemed. You go, Cody, 3%, that's pretty good. It is pretty good, except that that 3% equals 3 billion with a B dollars that go unused, unredeemed, and unclaimed on gift cards. Now that's really discouraging for a gift giver. You say, I've put all this thought into getting you a gift. I, I want you to not only accept it, but I want you to keep it. I, I, I want you to uh, apply it fully. Every gift giver wants that. Every gift giver wants to know that they've given you a gift that you'll cherish. For those of you who are our guests, we've been in a series called Why on Earth the past couple months where we've been talking about why on earth did Jesus come to this earth? I mean, it's a really perplexing question when you think about the position that he gave up in heaven where everything was right and good and he comes to a broken and messy and crazy and chaotic world. Why on earth would Jesus come to this earth? 
Well, let me just give you a bottom line if you haven't been with us through the series. Jesus came to earth for you. Jesus came to earth to be a gift and to bring a gift to you. You see, he came to be a gift for us because Jesus came sinless and he lived a sinless life so that he could be a sinless sacrifice to God on our behalf. You see, Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because we've sinned, we are disconnected from God. In fact, Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. That means that because we are sinful, because we are sinners and have sinned, we are eternally separated from God. There is no way that we can have a relationship with him. So Jesus came to be that gift, to bridge the gap between us and a holy God, to lay down his life willingly, to sacrifice himself so that we could be reconciled to a holy God. See, that's what Romans 5, 8 tells us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love. He demonstrated it so much so that he sent his son to die on our behalf so that now we can have the great gift. You see, Jesus was the gift, the great reconciler, so that we could be reconciled to a holy God. And the gift that he brings is forgiveness of our sins, redemption, restoration with our relationship with a holy God, and the gift of eternal and abundant life. It goes on forever. We never have to be separated from God. These are great gifts, and maybe you've never heard of that. That's what this whole Christmas season is about. That's why we celebrate. That's why we say there's peace on earth. That's why we say joy to the world, even though there doesn't seem to be much joy in the world. Why? Because we have Jesus, the great hope, the great reconciler, eternal life with God. You see, Jesus came to be the gift and to bring a gift to you. And I hope that you would place your trust in Jesus Christ. It'll make Christmas joyful. It'll make Christmas peaceful. It'll make Christmas meaningful, far beyond any gift that you're given. He is the gift and he came to give that to you. And you can accept that free gift, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us, by grace through faith. Just a free gift. Just accept it. And there are many of you that have accepted that gift before. And you go, okay, Cody, yeah, I get it. I've accepted that gift and I'm so thankful for it. But what is the natural response when somebody gives us a gift? What do we feel like we need to do? We need to give a gift in response. We need to reciprocate. I mean, there's nothing worse than showing up to a, a party and someone has a gift for you and you don't have anything for them. I don't know, maybe that's just my Southern culture. But anytime somebody gives me a gift, I feel like I need to give something back to them. And I, and I genuinely and sincerely want to. A few years ago, we were gonna travel to go see my folks and my side of the family for Christmas. They live about two hours away. And so Jen and I loaded up the boys and we head down to go see my folks and we walk in the door and the, the house is decorated for Christmas. It's, it's beautiful, the Christmas tree's there, the stockings are hung and there's Christmas gifts underneath the tree that have our names on them. And so I turn to Jen and I say, Jen, would you bring those Christmas gifts in from the car? 
And she said, I didn't put the Christmas gifts in the car. And she said, did you put the Christmas gifts in the car? And I said, I didn't put the Christmas gifts in the car. And we both came to the realization immediately that we had left those Christmas gifts upstairs in our house at home. And so what we did immediately was we ran out to the store and went and bought all the same exact gifts to come back and wrap them so that we could have something to give in response. That's the appropriate action that we respond to a gift that's been given to us by giving a gift to reciprocate to that gift giver. And that's no different with God. When God gives us his son, there's something that we give in response. And I know what you're thinking, Cody, what do you give the person that has everything? I mean, literally, he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns the universe. He created everything. What do we give him? Is there anything? There is something you can give to him. And it's something that he will actually be pleased with. Romans chapter 12, verse one tells us what that is. Paul tells us, I appeal to you, therefore, and this therefore is coming after the good news that I just explained to you from Romans 3.23, 6.23, and 5.8, that God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died. Paul says, therefore, when you get that, when you grasp that gift of Jesus, he said, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. You see, what's the natural response when you grasp the mercy that's been given to you in the great gift of Jesus? What do you give him? You give him yourself. That's what he says. He says, therefore, after you understand everything God's given you, that's what that therefore is there for. Present your bodies, and he doesn't just mean your physical body. He means your entire self your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. You give everything. He said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to him. This is certainly from the Old Testament sacrificial system, but those sacrifices died. He says, you're a living sacrifice. God gives you life to live, but not to live unto yourself, but to live to him. Because as Paul tells us, you were bought with a price. You're not your own. And that price was his son, the Lord Jesus. And so you give your life in response to him. He says, this is your spiritual act of worship. And in fact, another way that you can translate that word, that word spiritual, is reasonable or logical. I, I love those translations. Because he says, when you grasp everything that God has given you in his son, this new life, when you grasp the mercy, the grace, the compassion, the only logical, the only reasonable response is that you would give yourself back to him. So I try to think, what would that look like if we gave ourselves to him? And I think you can break it down into three very simple categories. If you grasp the mercy of God, how can you give yourself back to him? You can give him your past, you can give him your present, and you can give him your future. Maybe this Christmas, you need to give God your past. You know, we all have regrets, things that we wish weren't so in our past, things that we're not proud of, and you can bring him your sin. He, in fact, he wants you to bring that to him. It, scripture tells us that a broken and contrite heart, the Lord does not refuse. 
He doesn't say, you stay over there, you shouldn't have done that. He says, bring it to me, confess your sins. I want to cleanse you of your, forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can bring the Lord your sin and you can bring him your sadness. Maybe there are things you're sad about. I know 2020 has brought plenty of sadness. You can bring that to him. He is the great comforter. Or maybe you need to bring him and just give him your, your present. Maybe in, in your present, you just give him your attention and your affection. Would you just acknowledge that God is present in your life and he's been pursuing you and he, and he wants to use you and he wants to speak to you and he wants to be with you. He's calling out to you through his word. Would you just give him your attention? And would you give him your affection? You know, there are good things that have happened in 2020 and I know there have been good things that have happened in your life. Would you just give him gratitude for the things that he's done and just say, God, thank you for what you've done. Instead of giving all your affection to the things of this world, realize that every good and perfect gift is from above. And you would say, thank you, God, for that. Or maybe you need to give him your future. You know, just, just say, God, I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> 2020 is a great example of how we don't know what's gonna happen. And maybe that's causing you some anxiety. Then give him your anxiety. You know, Scripture tells us that we can cast all our anxiety on him because he cares for us. So cast your anxiety on him. See, Jesus will take the good, the bad, and the ugly. Or even in the future, would you give him your ambition? I don't, I don't know what you're ambitious for this next year, but maybe you have goals, things that you want to see happen. And you go, you know what? God, the life that I have, it's yours. And so I give you my ambition. Let me be a servant of you. Rather than building my own personal kingdom, let me build your kingdom. That's the way that you can give yourself as a living sacrifice to God. It says it's the, that's holy and pleasing to him. It's a gift you know that he wants. A gift that you know that he'll use. A gift that you know he won't get rid of. See, it reminds me of this band that was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Some of you might have heard of this band. It was called Six Pence None the Richer. Kind of a strange name, which caught my attention. Now, you might know some of the songs. One of the songs was Kiss Me, you know, Kiss Me, da, da. you know, it, I'm weird. But Kiss Me, or they covered a, another song that was pretty popular, but Six Pence None the Richer. Now, it's a strange name, and so I went and researched where in the world did that name come from? And that name actually came from a book that C.S. Lewis wrote called Mere Christianity. And in Mere Christianity, uh, C.S. Lewis was trying to explain how everything we have, God has given us. And therefore, we should give our lives back to him. And he was trying to explain that, and he uses a brilliant analogy of a little boy and his father. You see, this little boy wanted to get a gift that was meaningful for his father. But the little boy realized that he didn't have any money to go to the store and buy a gift for his father. So he went to his father and he asked for six pence, which was a very small amount of money. And the dad gives back six pence to the little boy and the little boy goes to the store and he gets a gift for his father and he comes back and he gives the gift to his dad. And his dad, when he receives the gift, logically realizes that he's six pence, none the richer. The six pence that was used on that gift uh, 
That was the sixpence that was his own. He's sixpence, none the richer. But what is richer is the relationship between that, that boy and his dad. You see, everything we have, God has given to us. And when we give it back to him, it, it's all his. It's everything he is due. It's everything that he's owed. It's everything that he is worthy of. It's our act of worship that is pleasing to him. But we realize that that builds our relationship with him and makes it such a sweet, sweet gift. You see, when you recognize the gift that we've been given in his son, the only reasonable, the only logical response is to give that back to him. C.S. Lewis tells us that when a person has made this discovery that everything we have been given has been given to us by God and we need to give it back to him, that then God can really get to work. He says it's after this that real life begins and that person is now awake. It's my prayer that this Christmas that you would awaken to the mercies of God and his son, Jesus, and that you would therefore offer your past, offer your present, and offer your future as a gift to him. Would you pray with me? God, we're so thankful for the gift of your son, the Lord Jesus. We're so thankful that he laid down his life willingly for us so that we might have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that we would see it as reasonable and logical to give our lives willingly back to you, the giver of good gifts and the giver of our lives. Lord God, when we wake up, Lord willing, on Christmas morning, would we give ourselves as a gift to you as we celebrate the gift of your son given to us? And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.